love hearing all the chatter. Well, um, we are, uh, we're in the middle of a, a series. Um, it's called Power of Perspective. It has been an awesome series. I say that all the time, but I really mean it. Like this series has, has kind of poked me. It's challenged me in some really good ways. I hope that you guys have uh, found the same. And, and if you've missed it, hey, listen, you can catch up. We've got the podcasts out there. We've got, you can find it on the website, on YouTube, everything, it's there. So if you need some catching up, I'm telling you, it's really good. Um, it's, it's pushed me in some good, healthy ways. But before I, I dive into the word today, I did want to share some pretty exciting things with you guys. Um, we, uh, we've had a lot of, of uh, great movement that God has been doing here at the church. And, um, and I want to share some of that with you real quick. We... Uh, we have been really trying to be more intentional in creating more events, more events that, uh, that we can um, open up for our community. We can connect more with our community. And it's been awesome. Every Saturday night, we've been having something fun. We had a fire truck here last night. Uh, everyone had their popsicles and we had a good time. Last night, next week, uh, with it being 4th of July, I think we've got some hot dogs we're gonna be uh, grilling up, and um, and we're going to have some bomb pops and have some fun next Saturday night. Uh, but all these events, we're really trying to be more intentional to open up more events. We we had a, a bit of an exercise we did with our volunteer team where we said, hey, like, why, why aren't people coming to church, or what's preventing you from inviting people to church? And and so they, they were, were talking through potential solutions, and they said, hey, Events, it's a lot easier to invite my friend to an event where there's some fun and you can hang out and connect than just simply asking them to come to church to a service. Just because, you know, who knows what the background is or what the perception of church is to, you know, all of our friends and family, but it's a lot easier to invite to an event. And, uh, and so we are leaning into that more and more. And uh, we, I'm so happy to say uh, John and Lindsay were here last night. They're not here tonight or today. But John and Lindsay Richardson, um, we asked them if they would just kind of take the lead on this thing. And they prayed about it. Uh, they spent time thinking about it, talking with their whole family, the girls included. And they have come back saying that they are in. So they are going to be uh, directors over our events. Yes. And listen, I, I believe that's really going to allow us to connect with our community and really open up some doors for us because we, we so desperately want to reach more and more in our community that, uh, that we want to introduce to Jesus, ultimately. And I've got another exciting news, uh, a bit of exciting news. We have um, hired our second full-time staff member here, started this week. Yes, super pumped about it. Her name's Alyssa. You'll see her around. She's going to be snapping pictures, so it's okay. Like, she's, she's, she's now legit full-time doing this thing. So um, Alyssa is, uh, is going to be amazing. She's got some awesome experience. She's going to be our media coordinator. And, uh, and I, she knows her stuff. Like, I do not know my stuff when it comes to this. And we had a meeting Thursday over lunch, and she laid out this whole presentation, this whole pitch, and I was so impressed 
just where her heart's at. She clearly knows what she's doing. And again, this is gonna give us so much more exposure to our community where we can reach people that we just haven't been able to reach. And, and ultimately, again, we wanna introduce them, them to this, this awesome guy, Jesus, uh, and, and what, teach them about what he's done for them and they don't even know. Uh, and, and it's gonna open up so many opportunities. So uh, let's welcome Alyssa. She's gonna, she's gonna be doing some awesome things. You will see that for sure. I also wanna welcome all of our first time guests. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, you have absolutely made our day for being here. I really, really mean that. Uh, we would love to connect with you. I hope you've enjoyed the experience so far, but we would love to connect with you more and more. Um, if you are given a connect card, if you're able to fill that out and drop it off to the team, we'd love to get you plugged in. We'd love to answer any questions that you have. Uh, if you'd rather not interact with with someone, we do have a, uh, an ability to text this phone number right here. Just text the word hello, and you can actually fill out that connect card uh, right there on your phone, and uh, we'll get you plugged in. We'll get you connected. We'll fill you in on what's going on, because listen, we're really pumped about what's going on here, and we would love for you to get to know what's going on and get you pulled in. We've got an awesome community here. We've got an awesome family community uh, that we pick up each other when one's down and, and we just, we love on each other. So it's so awesome to have you here. We do have a gift out in the lobby for you as well. So make sure to get that before you leave. All right, so let's get into God's word today. I, I'm really excited about this. Um, it's a two-parter within our series on um, Joseph. Uh, Joseph, the, the Joseph with the coat of many colors, not the Joseph and Mary, Jesus's earthly father, Joseph, but uh, the Joseph with the coat of many colors. And I just want to encourage you, if you don't know much about this story, um, or maybe it's been a little while since you've read this story, in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, uh, starting in chapter 37, uh, is where this really picks up. And I would encourage you to read it. Uh, I'm gonna be speaking on it again next week um, from a, a different angle, but get yourself familiarized with this story and you won't regret it. It's, a, it's really awesome what uh, Joseph's life and story look like and what he went through. And I think you'll really find it um, enlightening. So I encourage you to do that. But this week... Um, we're going to be talking on the perspective of perseverance, the perspective of perseverance. And um, I'd like to start us in Genesis chapter 41. This is kind of into the story a little bit. Um, we're, we're a few chapters into Joseph's story. So this is actually where Pharaoh the head honcho of all of Egypt and, and Egypt is like, the spot at this time, like it, it's, it's, you know, the place. And um, Pharaoh, the dude, is speaking to Joseph in this uh, passage of scripture. So here we go, starting in verse 40. Pharaoh says, you shall be in charge of my house and all my people shall be obedient to you. Only regarding the throne will I be greater than you. So he'll only answer to Pharaoh. 
Pharaoh also said to Joseph, see, I have placed you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and he put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and he put the gold necklace around his neck and had him ride in his second chariot. And they proclaimed ahead of him, bow the knee. And he placed him over all the land of Egypt. Before we lean in anymore, can you guys pray with me over the sermon? Lord, we love you. We thank you for, uh, for bringing us here today uh, to hear your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak just clearly, speak through me, uh, and that you would just speak so clearly that we would be able to really pull something away, that we'd be able to pull it away and apply it to our lives, uh, that it would be an encouraging word to us, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So here we are, Joseph. He gets the ring. He gets the bling. He gets the necklace. He's got his, he's got his uh, Gucci coat on. He's blinging, right? He is on top. Now he's feeling good. He's got the second chariot, or I, I envision him in like the Lambo. Pharaoh just gives him the Lambo. He's got it all. Like he is on top, right? He's the dude. And uh, he's got it all going for him. And on top of that, he goes on to save all of Egypt. So he's got all of the, the he's on top of everything. He's leading things. He's, um, he's now leading Egypt through this difficult, terrible famine for seven years. And he ends up saving all of Egypt. He's the hero. He he goes on, and, and not only does he, he lead Egypt through this famine, but all the surrounding land that's struggling through this famine, where his family then comes into the picture, he then, he helps save them and, and lead them through all of this. And, and so he is the hero to, to all those around. He's bringing them through all of this. I, I think of, uh, I'm a sports guy, so I, I think of like LeBron James with two one and hits a fadeaway jumper and wins the game, buzzer beater, he's on top. And that's what I see Joseph, he's got it all going for him right now. He is the one that brings Israel, God's people, to the plush land of Egypt. All the kids are looking up to him, it's, it's Joseph. But see, it didn't, it didn't start that way. <laughs> It didn't start that way. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just start where, where we, we reach what we're trying to get to? Wouldn't it be cool to just start there? Like just start at the dream job where you get promoted. Just start there. Skip all of the, the school where you're going to school for years and you start at the entry level position and you deal with the difficult bosses as you're trying to push and drive your way up to where you're trying to get wouldn't it be cool just to start there? Or like start at your target weight where you want to be like with your health wise, like you just start there. You just skip all of the, the hard work. You got to get up early. You got to run. You got to go to the gym. You got to exercise. You're sweating. You're exhausted. You're tired. You got to eat healthy. It's like, what? You can't even have donuts. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 
you know, you, you have to eat healthy to, to do all of this to get where you want to go. Wouldn't it be awesome to just start where you want to start? Just be shredded. I tell my son uh, to put on a shirt all the time because he's, he, he's, he's like, he's five guys and he's got this like eight pack. I'm like, put your shirt on. I'm getting sick of it. Go to your room. You know, it's ridiculous. It'd be awesome to just start there. Tara and I, we, uh, years ago, we had this huge financial goal. We, we had this, it was this big deal for us. Like we were, it was, it was kind of hard to even wrap your, your mind around. And it's like this big deal. And it would have been awesome to just like start at reaching it. You know, just where, where we had the feeling of finally accomplishing it and being so proud that we, we made it, we did it. You know, you're going crazy inside. But it didn't start there. It started with a bunch of sacrifice where Tara's clipping coupons like a mad person she had, you guys remember the, some of you guys might remember the baseball cards where you got the, all the, you can put your baseball cards in the slots. You get, someone give me a nod if you know what I'm talking about. She had coupons. Like that's, she's literally using my old baseball stuff to, to fill in and organize all these coupons. It was crazy. We, we had to turn down so many like, hey, you want to go out to eat? You know, friends want to go out to eat? Ah, we're, we can't. You know, no entertainment, no golf, no, I mean, all of this sacrifice that wasn't fun. I'll tell you, it wasn't fun at the time, but it was a season that allowed us to get where God was trying to, that he, he, he planted this in our mind that we could reach this goal. And when you get there, the feeling, it's amazing. It'd be awesome to just start there. But Joseph didn't start on top either. He, uh, he went through some stuff that, that made the pinching pennies, they <laughs> put it to shame. Like he went through some stuff. So let me backtrack a little bit and let's walk through some of this. So Joseph is the 11th son to Jacob. He's the 11th son. He's, he's the youngest at this time. And... Um, and so now they've got their whole football team. You know, they got the whole football team. They got 11 now. And, and so Joseph, he is um, also favored. He's the favorite of jo Jacob. Um, because Joseph was the only son that Jacob was able to have with Jacob's true love. He was finally able to, to have a child with his true love, his, his favorite wife. And I'd like to just point out right now that Tara is my favorite wife. She is my favorite. She's my favorite. <laughs> Got to take those opportunities. Uh, and, uh, and so all of Joseph's brothers clearly see that, that Joseph is the favorite. Like dad's making him this coat of many colors and Joseph's wearing it around proudly, and they're just not so cool with it. They're, they're, they're not digging this Joseph being the favorite thing. And it gets to the point where it just keeps ramping up and ramping up, and Joseph has these dreams. He has these dreams where he goes on to share with his brothers and his, his mom and dad eventually that, 
that, hey, listen, like one of these days you're gonna bow to me. So if you can imagine, not liking your little sibling already, and then your little sibling coming up to you and say, hey, listen, you're gonna bow to me. And now they just can't stand him. They just can't stand, they hate him to the extent where Joseph comes out to check on him one time and, uh, and they, they see him coming and they decide, let's kill him. That's hate. <laughs> let's just kill him. I'm tired of it. So they end up throwing him in this pit and they see this, this group of people coming and they think, you know what? Killing them is no good to us. Why don't we sell them? At least we'll get some cash out of the deal. So they sell their brother into a slave, into slavery, where he then is sold. They take him off into Egypt, and Potiphar, uh, he is the captain of the bodyguards in Egypt. He buys Joseph and Joseph has to serve in Potiphar's house. So now he's serving in Potiphar's house. He's, I mean, if you can, I can't imagine like what just happened. My brothers just threw me in a pit and sold me. And now I'm serving at this random guy's house. And he's serving there. And all of a sudden Potiphar's wife takes a liking to Joseph. She thinks he's pretty good looking. Scripture said that, he's, he's pretty good looking. And so she starts making passes at Joseph while he's serving at their house. She starts making her moves. And Joseph's like, no, that's wrong. I can't do that. I can't sin against God like that. She keeps making her moves. She's, she's not catching the drift. She's thinking eventually he's going to cave. She keeps, she's, she is desperate. She is making her moves. And he keeps pushing and pushing and pushing to the point where she gets tired of rejection. So then she comes up with a lie and says that Joseph tried to come after her. So now Potiphar, as you can imagine, is infuriated. I brought you in my house and now you're making a move on my wife, throws him into prison. Now Joseph's in prison for something he did nothing wrong for. And in fact, he was the right one. Like he was the good one in this story. And he's get, he gets thrown into prison. While he's in prison for years, eventually Pharaoh's cupbearer and his baker get in trouble. They get thrown into prison. You guys still follow me on this story? I'm trying to keep it high level. You got to read this stuff. It's good. I'm telling you. I'm trying to keep it high level. Zip through. So now the cupbearer and the baker are in prison. And they have this, they each have a dream at the same time, but they don't know what the dreams mean. So Joseph ends up telling them the interpretation of these dreams. And sure enough, three days later, just like Joseph said, the dreams came to pass. The baker, unfortunately, it led to his death. The cupbearer, however, he got to go back into Pharaoh's home and serve Pharaoh as the cupbearer. And Joseph says, hey, listen, you're gonna get replaced back into the cupbearer. 
don't forget about me. Like, don't forget that I helped you. Hook me up, man. Drop my name. Help a brother out, right? Like, I'm helping you. But the cupbearer doesn't do it. He's free. He's out. He's happy. Totally forgets about Joseph. Totally forgets about him. Until Pharaoh, two years later, then has a dream. And no one in all of Egypt can interpret this dream. And finally, the cupbearer thinks, I remember this guy in prison that helped me with my dream. Maybe he can help you. They get Joseph out of prison. Pharaoh tells him the dream. Joseph interprets the dream. And now we're caught up to now he's being put in charge of all of Egypt. See, he didn't start as the hero, did he? He didn't start on top. Man, he went through some stuff. Can you imagine? Can you, can you imagine your own family doing that to you? The ones that you're supposed to trust in this life more than anyone, betraying you to that extent, backstabbing you to the extent where they're, they're gonna kill you. They throw you in a pit, they sell you off and they could care less where, they, where he goes. Hope that, hope that, you know, they never see his face again. Can you imagine? I, I can't imagine what Joseph was thinking. Like as you're getting taken off, if you get thrown into a pit, you, you, you get traveled off into Egypt, you have no idea what's going on. Can you imagine the questions that are going on in his mind? And then he goes into Potiphar's house and he gets thrown into prison. Like what, how are you acting when, you're in, when you get thrown into prison for being like the right one? Because I'm, I'm like, all emotions are firing at the same time. Like I am so mad. I'm like punching the walls, just so mad. And then like the next moment I'm crying like, like a baby, what just happened? What, what is going on? God, what are you doing? Like, why, I don't deserve this, right? Aren't you, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And I, I don't know, scripture doesn't go into a bunch of detail about what Joseph really kind of, some of those details of what was, he was going through and what was running through his mind. But man, like he's human. You gotta think he's struggling through some stuff, right? He's, he's in a mental disaster tornado of just, he's spinning. You would think. But ultimately, Joseph takes a different perspective. Whether he had it all along or, or I'd like to think he, he just got there, but he, he had a different perspective where he was able to persevere through it all. He was able to, to persevere through it all. He didn't take a perspective of pity, but of perspective, uh, perseverance, rather. I don't know about you guys, but when I, when I throw my pity parties, it, it doesn't get me very far. <laughs> anyone, anyone else, like when you're throwing your pity parties, it, you, you might feel good in the moment just letting it out, but like it doesn't really get me very far until I like own my stuff, you know, like take accountability for what's going on. Maybe I didn't deserve it, but listen, like this is, this is the way it is. Like let's persevere through this, right? That's what takes me 
on. That's what keeps me moving forward. But when I stay in the pity party, I just kind of dwell in a place that's not helping whatsoever. And so Joseph was able to do this. No matter what came his way, he kept moving forward. Nothing was going to stop him. And in week one, Dustin spoke on this, didn't he? He, he spoke about how we can't let our circumstances keep us from our promise. We can't let the circumstances around us keep us from our promise. We have to stay focused just as, as Joseph did. And the only way he was able to fulfill his purpose ultimately was having this perspective of perseverance. I don't, I don't know what you may be going through right now. Listen, you, everything might be going great. Everything might, you might be in a great season of life right now. I hope you are. But, but what can happen sometimes when you're in this season where everything seems to be rolling and everything's smooth, what seems to happen is we get distracted from the promise, the purpose that God's called us to because, you know, we're just kind of, everything's good in life. You know, we, we get distracted from what he's trying to get us to do because everything's good. But on the flip side, if, if you're going through something, man, like, I don't know what, I don't know what your, your pit is. I don't know what your imprisonment is. I don't know if you're dealing with depression and anxiety. I don't know if you've got a, a physical illness that you're working through. Because I, I know we all go through stuff. We're all struggling through things in this life. But let me just tell you, like, we've got this family here. We've got this community here that you can lean on each other and we can help each other through whatever it is. And ultimately, we must, we must persevere. We must persevere because we talk about this here all the time. You have a purpose because you have a purpose. God has created you with gifts and talents and a personality and skills for a specific reason. You have a purpose. And if you don't persevere through all of it, then that purpose will not be fulfilled. He created you to do something specifically. And if you don't persevere, then you're the only one that can do it. You're the one created to do it. You're the only one. If you don't, then no one will. It's your purpose. And you might be thinking, Devin, I don't know what my purpose is. I, God didn't give me this vivid dream and no one interpreted some awesome dream for me, right? Like you might be thinking, I don't know what that is. That sounds great, but I don't know. But let me give you a purpose that I know you do have. Because we, we have a community full of people. We have friends that we're close to and family that we're close to. We've got neighbors we need to get a little closer to. We've got coworkers that we need to start opening up some new and fresh conversations with that don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know him. They're going through some struggles and some heartache themselves, but they don't even have the hope uh, that we have in knowing that Jesus Christ is our Savior. They don't even have that. 
So your purpose, and we know this, we exist to help people know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose, and to make a difference, right? We, that is what we exist to do. That is a purpose that you have in your life as a follower of Christ. Scripturally speaking, you are called to that. So grab hold of that purpose as you're continuing to, to, to pray and speak to God and try to discover what he created you for specifically. Hey, I know you're created for that. So grab hold of that. You must persevere. Don't stop your progress. Let me just read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. When you persevere, you will receive his promise. You will fulfill his purpose. So let me go through some things um, here with you on what might help us in, in actually, maybe in a more practical way, um, persevere. We know that God has given us a purpose. We know that he wants us to prosper and fulfill what he has given us, right? We've established that. We know we have this purpose. We know we must persevere to accomplish that purpose, right? You guys with me on that? So let's talk about the key to persevering then so that we can ultimately fulfill our, our purpose. The key to persevering is the presence of the Lord. That is the key. It's the presence of the Lord. Let me show you. Let's go back into the story of Joseph here, chapter 39, starting with verse one. Now pay attention. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Joseph. This is right after his brothers sold him off. Take, take, he's taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. So he became a successful man. You guys see it? And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did prosper in his hands. See it again? So Joseph found favor in his sight, became his personal servant, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he owned. The Lord was with him. He was successful. He prospered. Let's jump to verse 21. Now, this is when he gets thrown into prison. Now he's in prison and it says, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the warden of the prison. And the warden of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. You guys seeing a theme? So that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The warden of the prison did not supervise anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and the Lord made whatever he did prosper. 
The presence of the Lord is key to perseverance. One more time, let's go in and jump forward to now chapter 41. I'll point it out one more time. Chapter 41, this is where Pharaoh has his dream and Joseph interprets it. In verse 38, it says, Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom there is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all of this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You shall be in charge of my house, and all my people shall be obedient to you. Time and time again, the Lord was with him and he prospered. Gets thrown in the jail. The Lord was with him and he prospered. Gets out of jail because the Lord was with him and he prospered. So the key to perseverance is the presence of the Lord. So then let's go into the key of the presence of the Lord because Devin, that sounds great. The presence of the Lord, I get it. That sounds awesome. But how do we actually get there? Like how do we actually have the presence of the Lord where so clearly like everyone knew the presence of the Lord was with Joseph. So what's the key to that? So let's jump into that. The key of the presence of the Lord is obedience. Obedience. Isn't that a comfy word? <laughs> Be obedient. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a word that uh, doesn't give us the warm and fuzzies uh, all the time. But, but this is what leads to the presence of the Lord. Let me prove it to you here. Chapter 39, verse 9. This is when Potiphar's wife just keeps, keeps going after Joseph. <laughs> she keeps trying to make her moves. And he says, how then... Could I do this great evil and sin against God? I, I must obey God. I must stay to his commandments. I know that, that you know, getting with you is, is not God's way. And so I must obey his commandments. Let's jump to a couple other passages of scripture um, outside of Joseph's story, but it drills this point perfectly. Let's jump to 2 Chronicles chapter 17, starting at verse 3. Again, this is, this is a different, different place of scripture altogether, different story, but you'll see it right out of the gate. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because, right? He was with him because he followed the example of his father David's earlier days and did not seek the Baals, the, the gods, the, the man-made gods and idols that they had at that time, but sought the God of his father, followed his commandments and did not act as Israel did. That the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the commandments. Let's jump to Deuteronomy where we're laying out the law in the Old Testament. So Deuteronomy, Chapter 11, 26. It says, See, I am placing before you today a blessing and a curse. You can go the blessing way or the curse way. And this is how you do it. Verse 27 The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today. And the curse, 
if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today. We follow his commandments, we obey his commandments, and it leads to his presence, which leads us to being able to persevere, to ultimately prosper and enrich in our purpose. You guys see in the flow? All right. Okay. So I, I do want to take a moment and pause here, though, um, because we, I, I do just want to call out, listen, we know that we are saved by grace through faith, right? We know that we are saved, not, not by works, but by his grace. We obey, we, 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 when we obey his commandments, it leads to prosperity, Okay, so Jesus wants you to prosper. Like, he's our, he's our daddy. He's our father. He, want, he wants you to prosper. He, he wants you to prosper so that you have all that you need. And if you, you have more, even better, because then you can do some good with it. You can help those around you. He wants you to prosper. So when we obey, we're able to prosper. But we're saved through grace, right? You guys get that distinction? I just want to keep that clear because obviously that's a big deal. All right, so obedience, obedience. How can I be better at obeying? How can I be better at obeying now? Let's take it a step back again. The key to obedience is faith. The key to obedience is faith. We must believe first. I feel like I say this every time I'm up here, but we know that actions follow belief. You got to believe first. In order to do anything, you got to believe it first. Like my kids, if you think about it, if you got kids, think about this. Like if you, if you just had your child and did no parenting whatsoever, like no parenting whatsoever, are they going to obey you when you ask them to do something, to listen at all? It's until they understand and believe that there are ramifications if I don't obey, right? There's, there's these ramifications. If I don't listen to mom and dad and believe, now there's this ramification that I have. Now I believe, therefore I obey. You see it? So faith, it must start. It must start there. And I do parent my kids just, I know they're crazy still, but I, I do, I promise. I <laughs> Love you, Roman. Um, so the Israelites, just to, to, to kind of point to scripture for this as well, um, in Hebrews chapter three, this is where, uh, this is speaking to when the Israelites, some of the Israelites didn't make it to the promised land, okay? And so that's where Hebrews chapter three, verse 18 is taking us. It says, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient. And so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. We must believe in order to obey. And my last point, the worship team can make their way on up. Having faith can be tough sometimes, can it? We, we throw it around a lot in church, and we, we throw that around a lot. Ah, just believe, you must have faith. But sometimes that can be broad. Would you guys agree with me? It can be still like a broad thing, like, you know, just have faith, stay strong with faith. 
So what's the key to faith? What can, what can help me with this faith thing? And the key to faith is hearing the word. Hearing the word. I can tell you guys from experience, this is what changed my life. We hear this at church all the time. Hey, just get in his word, read the word, right? We, we say it all the time. It seems so simple and it really is. When you get in his word, there is, it is living, it is active. It is, there's, there's something that, that captivates you. When I read the Bible for myself for the first time, uh, I, I got so consumed by it. I, I just, I, lo I, I, I loved it. I, I wanted more of it. I wanted to understand more of it. And, and it, drew, it just kept drawing me closer and closer to him through reading his word. He was, he was able to speak to me in new ways. I grew up in church my whole life. But when I started reading it for myself, man, I, he started showing me things. And, and isn't it crazy how his word, it's, it's, you can read one verse in one season of life and it can mean something to you in that season of life. And then you read the same verse in a different season of life and it's like he unveils something totally new and fresh to you because his, his word is, is living, it's active, it's breathing. I know it sounds so simple, but when you get in his word, it changes it. It changes your life your life, it builds your faith. When you begin to read and hear the word, your faith will explode. Maybe you're not a big reader. I, I you know, I talk to people all the time. You know, hey, this is what, this is what changed my life. You gotta do this. You gotta read the Bible. You, this is what changed me, man. I'm not a big reader. Okay, all right. So, down, download some podcasts. Download some sermons on your phone. Rather than, you know, listening to a podcast that you, you currently listen to, switch one out. You know, once a week. I don't just, once a week, switch a podcast in there. Rather than watching a TV show, uh, cut one of those out and, and watch a sermon on YouTube on your TV at home once a week. But begin to take in and consume the Word. What could be more important? What, what could be more important than your relationship with God? You know, I know it's fun to do different things, but could we just replace some of those things to just fill ourselves with his word? Because when you hear the word, your faith will boom, right? When your, your faith explodes, then you're so willing to obey. I'm, I want to, Lord. And when you obey, then you, you feel the presence of the Lord in your life and all over your life. You, you feel him just present and, and those around you begin to see, hey, there's something different with this dude. It's the presence of the Lord is there. 
And when you have his presence, you can persevere through anything. You can prosper. You can, you can fulfill the purpose that he gave to you in your life. We must persevere. It's up to us. Jesus left it in our hands. It's up to us. It's literally up to you and me. We must persevere. So whatever it is that you might be going through, no matter what season of life you're going through, whether you're on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley low, get in his word, get in his word. Boost your faith. Can you guys stand with me? Lord, I pray over your people today. God, that you would begin to move and stir in them in fresh new ways, God, that, that maybe they've been walking in this faith journey for years now, but you would begin to stir them in a fresh new way, God, that they would begin to hear your word and consume your word and their faith would just be bolstered. Their faith would explode. Something new and fresh would stir on the inside of them to where they begin to obey you and your commandments and your word and your promptings and your leading, Lord, that we would obey you and your presence would be known and that your people would prosper, that your people would fulfill their purpose and their calling that you've given them.